Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 336. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, I know what I would love to have right now, but I'm not going to crack one. Uh, but wrong Benjamin. crowd, beer. Wait. Oh, 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 Brandon's buddy. having one. What do you got there? A surprise, sneaky beer. I have the fitting smells like green spirit. I'm going to take a sip. Honestly, pretty delicious, pretty refreshing. <laughs> Which one is that? What does that say on the on the can? Oh, I said smells like green spirit. I know, but like, what is the uh, what kind of? Oh, beer sorry, is it? it's a grunge, grungeous, grungeist. Yeah, hops. yeah, I remember it was a weird one. It's yeah. a six point seven percent. There's a cool description on the back here. Grungeist hops are bred from traditional German noble hops, but are described as having notes of passion fruit, stone fruit, red berries, mm. and hints of lemon lime. I definitely picked those. That one was good. Things up. I yeah. had that one on. I had that one on one of our previous episodes. Uh, but yeah, Wrong Crowd Beer Company. Uh, you can find them at wrongcrowdbeer.com. Order up some beer delivery for yourself there if you live in PA, and if you are in the Westchester area, stop into their brewery in Westchester, uh, where they have food. And it's a brewery, and it's awesome, and uh, we enjoyed our visit there. Good people, good beer, wrong crowd beer company. All right, short practice today, only about an hour and 15 minutes, no pads. So not a lot to get to here, but uh, we we continue on with our practice, our post-practice uh, recaps where do you want to start us off with, buddy? Yeah, I thought this was kind of an uneven day for Jalen Hurts, if you will. Uh, has not, I think he's kind of cooled off a bit. Continues to be in this cool down zone after the hot start to training camp. Had some pretty good throws. Thought he had some sharp, accurate, on-time connections to Devontae Smith, both in 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11. 11 11. In uh, On some other reps, not as sharpest. He threw an interception today on a surprisingly underthrown ball down the right sideline. Supposed to be for Quez Watkins, ended up getting picked off by a diving Reed Blankenship. So uh, I think it would be nice to see Hertz kind of look stronger here this week and then kind of carry that momentum over into the Browns joint training camp practices. I think you'd like to see that. Certainly not worried about Jalen Hurts by any means. By the way, Jalen Hurts voted by his NFL peers, not God, as NFL peers, as the <laughs> third best player in the NFL. Funny enough, that was the same exact spot that Carson Wentz had back after the 2017 season. Oh, was he number three? Was uh, yeah, okay, I was wondering three, about so that, actually. That's kind of 
not like super meaningful, but just a little kind of perspective wise, it's weird. It's like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of weird all these years later. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Hertz could afford to look a little bit sharper here. Yeah, this was a practice, by the way, that was added to the schedule. It wasn't originally on the schedule. So they were only going to have nine uh, total practices among themselves anyway. And then they're going to have a couple of joint practices with the Browns and then one with the Colts. Uh, these are the media attended ones uh, anyway. Like there, they'll, they'll, there will be other practices after training camp is quote unquote training camp is over, but still before the start of the regular season. So this is a little bit of a surprise practice. Uh, they'll actually be at the at Lincoln Financial Field tomorrow, which is we're recording this. What's what is today anyway? Tuesday, today, August eighth at three oh nine p.m. Eastern. All these all these days are running together uh, now. You did so the yeah, training camp trope of being like <laughs> lose track of the days. And that's true though. It's... You really do lose track because there's no real weekends because they practice. Yeah, the weekend. right. Yeah. So Wednesday will be at the link. No fans yeah, there. Close to fans. It'll be weird. I remember one of my favorite moments covering a training camp was actually during COVID when uh, the first year, like when COVID was in full swing, twenty twenty. We basically got, kind of like had our own. It was like almost kind of having like your own private concert. <laughs> it was like having our own private Eagles practice, right? We were sitting in the stands yeah. at Lincoln Financial Field, like just you know twenty media people uh, watching the practice. So it'll, it'll maybe be a little bit like that uh, on Wednesday. Not that any of you care about that, but um, my first note is Reed Blankenship is going to be a starting safety uh, yeah. for this team. Very clearly, Brandon mentioned the interception that he had. And it was a really nice, it was underthrown, but it was a really nice play by Reed. I mean, full extension, mm. dove, uh, got his arms under the ball, was able to keep it from hitting the ground. And, um, you know, it was kind of near the sideline, yeah. too. He, he was able to keep body parts in uh, before going out of bounds as well. And, um, uh, yeah, it was signaled that he definitely caught mm-hmm. it. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's been pretty much exclusively working with the first team offense all throughout training camp, whereas other guys have Defense. kind of mixed in yeah. and out. Like Kayvon Wallace has gotten first team reps. Terrell Evans has gotten first team reps. Not so much Justin Evans or I think Sidney Brown got maybe a little bit of a look one day. We were kind of, I'm not certain no. that he even got first yeah. team reps or if it was kind of like That's a mishmash of guys. It was like that mixed unit where they're using like yeah. different kinds of players. I wouldn't consider that first team. But Reed Blankenship has been the only guy who has consistently gotten first team reps the entirety of training camp. And he made a big play today. And I think just generally speaking, he has been really in the right place uh, at, at all times. And I think he's just um, he just knows what he's doing in this offense, even, you know, just as a second year guy, second year undrafted guy at that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've seen enough making the call. Hashtag Jimmy Projection. Reed Blankenship will be a week one starting safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know Reed Blankenship's athletic testing off the top of my head. Do you happen to know how he did with that? So I don't think he was a combine invite. Right. Uh, I think so. Anything that, that he has is pro day. But Bruce Feldman of The Athletic has his quote unquote freaks list mm-hmm. that he puts out every year. And I have my own you know, sort of prospects list that I'll have like five pros- five college players that make sense for the Eagles in the whatever draft, whatever the upcoming draft is. And I actually profiled Reed Blankenship twice in a row. Um, really obscured player from middle Tennessee state at the time. And I, he first came on my radar because Bruce Feldman had him on his freaks list. And again, Bruce Feldman um, is college, college writer for, for the athletic and, 
he I think he he used to do 50 players, but now he expanded that list to like a hundred. Mm. And Reed Blankenship, you know, just some safety from Middle Tennessee State made that list. Okay. So he was always considered a very good athlete, but I don't know exactly what his testing numbers were. Yeah, I brought that up because it almost reminds me a bit of TJ Edwards, who I think, so you're saying that, I think, you know, then comparatively, Reed is a better athlete for his position than TJ Edwards Mm -hmm. was, who tested poorly and went undrafted because of that. But I think one of the biggest things that always stood out with TJ is that he made up for some of his athletic deficiencies with how smart he was and being in the right position. And I feel like that's really what stood out to me last year with Reed Blankenship. Not It was not just like him making flashy, athletic, crazy plays, but how often he just seemed to be in the right spot. And that seems like huge, especially for a rookie safety. I mean, if you're looking for a position where it'd be so understandable for a guy like that to be out of position time to time, it would be that spot to me. And I don't think Reed Blankenship has ever like really regularly been out of position. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely agree with you. I was high on him coming into camp. I mean, he again, he looked good in training camp last year. He shined when he had the chances to play, I think, for the most part, uh, especially as he worked his way up. I mean, he was he was being kept as a healthy scratch at points, especially early, I believe, in the 2022 season. Kayvon Wallace was clearly ahead of him on the depth chart. That changed over the course of the year. Reed worked his way up and ended mm-hmm. up earning more playing time. And now he's been the first team safety every single day. I don't think he's had the flashiest training camp, but I don't think he's looked bad at all. And he had a great play, as we both mentioned today. So, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the next note, too, because uh, it's it's keeping with the safeties. So there was a situational period today in 11-11s in which it was like an, an end-of-game scenario mm-hmm. where – the offense had the ball around like the 20, 25 yard line, somewhere in that area. And I guess they would have been down anywhere between four and eight points. Mm-hmm. And basically they one shot into the end zone to try to score. So, you know, I think you and I both agree that they're Sean Desai is going to have some, some looks this year where they have three safeties on the field. Well, they had four <laughs> on the field yeah. uh, for, for this particular play. Uh, Blankenship was in the middle of the field. Uh, Justin Evans was to the left. Kayvon was to the right and Terrell Edmonds was playing sort of a linebacker position and the three safeties on the back end were their position, like, you know, two to six yards uh, deep into the end zone. And then the corners and the linebackers were all kind of playing like five across near the goal line. And they only rushed three. And on that play, uh, Jalen Hurts just kind of threw it up. I wouldn't make too much of this. He, it was like threw an interception. Justin Evans picked him off uh, in the, actually made a pretty nice catch on the play, mm-hmm. kept both feet in and, and it counted. Um, but Hertz essentially just kind of threw up like it was like a semi hail Mary type of throw. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that they have four safeties <laughs> on the field for that play. So, uh, you know, if, if they do intend to use, you know, three safety sets or four sa- safety sets, I think they're equipped to do that. You know, like, like we had mentioned on a previous podcast, they don't necessarily have, you know, great starting safeties, but I think they have a lot of playable safeties. And if they want to do that, then they have, you know, good enough players to be able to I don't do even that. know if that was on the podcast as much as we had that conversation, I think, in real life. Oh, was that, was but, that, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> but the point stands that I yeah, I agree they it's a lower ceiling, high floor position, I think, for the Eagles there at safety. And to a larger point about Sean Desai and being willing to try things. Like, not only that, but I just mentioned earlier that mixed unit thing they've done with Sidney Brown and other players at times. They were doing mm-hmm. some of that today. 
I don't think we, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't remember Jonathan Gannon really doing that as much as he kind of just, you know, had the ones and the twos and the threes all go out there with their own units most right. of the time. Rashawn Desai is doing some of these mixed unit looks where, again, it, it was like Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown at safety, but then it was, you know, Makai Gardner and uh, Keely Ringo or whoever at cornerback. And, you know, so they've been really mixing it up there. Um, my next observation, so the point being there that I think Sean Desai seems more willing to kind of like try different things, which yeah. seems nice. Uh, but we'll see how what that manifests into. I guess quickly to put a note on the other side of the ball, there was a rep today where I was intrigued by Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift lining up out wide, basically at wide receiver. And that had the defense matched up against the cornerbacks like Slay and Josh Job was filling in for James Bradbury, who we should note was back at practice, but in a limited capacity. Um, I just thought that was a little interesting. But my actual note that I want to get to here is maybe something we should have actually gotten to sooner. The new Eagles linebackers were practicing for the first time today. Miles Jack, who is wearing number 47, and um, Zach Cunningham, who switched from number 46 to number 52. With David. Good move. Yes, good move with Dave Young gone. Although Cunningham used to wear 41. So kind of interesting. Uh, 52, a better number than 41. But um, for his background's sake, it's a little bit different. Miles Jack was taking some first team reps out of the gate. Uh, on the Eagles' first 11-on-11 period, they had five snaps. And Christian Ellis was out there first. And he took three of those five first-team linebacker snaps next to Nicholas Morrow, who took all five, and then Miles Jack was in for the other two. Zach Cunningham was working with the second team next to Sean Bradley. Um, I don't think either of those guys did anything especially noteworthy, but you know they're getting mixed in right away. Nicobe Dean continues to remain out, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to say about them other than that was what happened. I have something noteworthy on one of the new guys. Okay. Uh, Josh Andrews. Oh, yeah. It's is the new they, who they signed. Uh, was that yesterday? Two days? Whatever it was. Yesterday, two days ago. Doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to play center and guard, or he is a center slash guard. He's the new second yep. team center, replacing Brett Toth, who couldn't snap and was unfortunately demoted to the to third team left guard. So they gave him a chance to show what he could do at center. I um, think that uh, experiment is over. Um, and you know what? Maybe not so coincidentally. I thought Ma Marcus Mariota mm. had a decent day. That's a good one point. of his better I days. I connect that. That's, I should have done a better job of connecting that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think Mariota was great, to be clear. But I think this was his best day in part just because he didn't look bad. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, being a, being a, having a guy that could actually snap the ball to you consistently where sure. you're expecting it to go can kind of go a long way when, I mean, you kind of take that kind of thing for granted, mm -hmm. but when you're chasing snaps that are low, wide, high, mm -hmm. we're all over the place and you can't just focus on what's going on down the field, you know, adds a higher degree of difficulty to playing quarterback and he didn't have to deal with that today. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll see Marcus Mariota improve uh, as camp goes along here the rest of the way with a legit center snapping him the ball. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. I did think Josh Andrews got worked a bit in one-on-ones when I was watching those during practice today. Yeah. I guess I'll get to some of those notes that I have here. Um, where did I put them down? Here they are. Uh, I guess what stood out from one-on-ones, I saw Jordan Davis get shut down by Jason Kelsey. Not shocking, but still like not the best because, you know, Kelsey 
the book on him is he tends to struggle against some of those bigger guys. Like Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey's special because what he does as a run blocker, I would say not as much, not that he's bad in pass protection, but like, that's not an area where like, he is like the best at. Um, so didn't love that. Although Carter did push back Josh, or sorry. Um, uh, Davis did push back, uh, Josh Andrews, as I noted. Uh, I guess one of the most meaningful things I saw from one-on-ones was, you know, it's it's Rod or no, sorry, it's Fred Johnson, number fifty, that Nolan Smith is going against. You should beat him. But I, the thing that stood out to me about Nolan Smith rushing sometimes is like you can't even get your hands on him. He's so the like the way he moves, it's so fast yeah. that like he's small, but he's hard to block because you can't even touch him because he's just like moving all around. And like I, I feel like if you're an offensive lineman for who does not have like good hand speed, if that makes any sense, or fast hands or like fast coordination, like you're not even going to be able to block him because you can't get your hands on him. He's hard to block. Uh, I guess the other big takeaway I have from one-on-ones looking at my notes here is that I thought Jack Driscoll didn't really look good. Um, no, it's, it's not a rough camp overall, yeah. I think. He got worked by both Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick, and obviously those are good players. But you know, he's like in what year four here? He's going into a contract year. Um, I just I think Dennis Kelly's looked better than Jack Driscoll. I would I'd rather play if I'm the Eagles. I'd rather play Dennis Kelly at right tackle, should something happen where you need a right tackle, than uh, Jack Driscoll. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. And it's funny, like watching Jack Driscoll. It's funny watching Hassan Reddick go up against Jack Driscoll, and also watching him go against. Lane Johnson, like Lane Johnson might be the only person on the planet who can consistently block Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you watch Reddick work against anyone else and he just kills him. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought the first team offense, first team offensive line has just dominated in one on ones all throughout camp. And they did today. And the matchups have been pretty. They've been pretty consistent. Like it's usually the same guys going against each other. And Cam Jurgens has largely beaten Fletcher Cox. Agreed. We talked during the last p- p- podcast episode where maybe Fletch isn't going 100%, but I thought he did today and Cam Jurgen shut him down. Yep. As you mentioned, Jason Kelsey shut down Jordan Davis. Landon Dickerson has looked really good too, yes, by the way. Yes, That's he a player who can make the league. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was in the Pro Bowl last year. Also led the league in penalties. So like mm. he's got to cut down on the penalties, but, uh, but he's he's certainly become a he became a good like a, a really good player in year two, mm-hmm. and he can take it to his game to to the next level in year three. He did a good job. Milton Williams is with is theoretically a bad matchup for him because of how quick mm-hmm. Milton Williams is, and he did a really good job against him. And then Jordan Mailata has been pretty much shutting down anyone he's gone up against. Uh, the, today that happened to be Derek Barnett <laughs> shut him down no problem. Um, say the highlight rush. So there are two. One of them I missed. I didn't see it. Okay. But Jordan Davis apparently killed Cameron Tom. Mm. Like late. So we're talking about like a third team guy. But apparently it was like a it was it was a quick it was like it wasn't his power, his quickness that that he beat him with. And that's we saw some of that last training camp where you're like, holy crap, how does a six six, three hundred and forty pound guy move like that? Again, I didn't see it, so I can't really comment too much on it. But you know, that that had some people buzzing after practice. And then uh, Jalen Carter uh, put a spin move on Josh Sills that actually didn't beat Sills. Sills was able to stay in front of him initially. But then Carter just <laughs> transitioned into a bull rush. <laughs> and he put – it's not it's not really that often where, like, pass rushers can – like, a lot of guys, they make a, they make a move, and if that move fails, that's it. Yeah. That rep is – they have no – they're done. Like, they lost the rep, and that's it. But Carter very quickly transitioned into a bull rush and he put him on his ass. <laughs> like it was a very impressive, like, you know, second move after a first move didn't work. 
really impressive uh, stuff there by Jalen Carter, who, in my opinion, like has only been okay in these one-on-one drills. But on that rush, you can see, you can see why everyone gushes over his talent. Yeah, I, it's it's almost like he's tackling the offensive lineman. <laughs> like he's just uh-huh. like, he's just bowling him over. Uh, going back to Dickerson, what you said about him, he, I yeah, I saw him shut down Milton Williams, and then later I saw Milton Williams. I thought had a really nice rep against Cam Jurgens, who's looked good. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's Milton's look good in one on ones. That's like that's no indictment on him as much as it is a testament to Dickerson looking good. Um, I think that's all I had in one on ones. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I don't really have <laughs> I don't really have much left here overall. Very short practice again, like we said, hour and fifteen minutes, no pads, so it's kind of a kind of a blah kind of day. Uh, I have two. Oh, uh, one more thing. Okay, I have two one more thing. I guess once you're done, they have you know they in previous practices they've worked on fielding squib kicks mm-hmm. because. The new fair catch rules for kickoffs. You fair catch it anywhere on the field, you get it to twenty five yard line. So they're they're anticipating teams trying, you know, using squib kicks against them. They've practiced them already in the past. They're practice they practice spent a fair amount of time on them today too. So uh they're really preparing for 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 seeing that. And smart. Mm-hmm. You know, good job by Michael Clay and and maybe the rest of the coaching staff, Nick Sirianni, whoever else, whoever thought to practice that to the extent that they have, uh, I, I think uh has some good foresight there. Uh, one last note, actually, on one ones. I thought Tyler Steen, I liked the fire that he showed like after he went up against Janarius Robinson on one rep mm-hmm. and then shoved him a little bit after the play. Got some, you know. We almost had a fight, but it didn't quite escalate. Yeah, it didn't tonight. escalate, but, you know, go show. Like, I like that. As a rookie, you're showing some toughness. Yeah. Like, hey, don't, don't mess with me. Like, you know, stand up for yourself. <laughs> and then later, yeah. he uh, shut down Kyron Johnson, who we've noted before, has had some good moments in one-on-one. So I thought that was more positive stuff from Steen there. Um, my Jim, Sorry, real, real quick, just because you mentioned Kyron Johnson, not to cut you off. Yes. But Jim, Okorof- Jim Okorafor was released yes. uh, this morning. Poor Jim had a rough camp and, you know, was rightfully released. Kyron Johnson has been killing him yeah. all throughout camp. So I'm sure when Chiron saw that Chim had been cut, he was like, oh, <laughs> damn it. He did as the last person he wanted to see get cut. So now he, now Chiron Johnson is facing like more legit offensive tackles and not not as great today. Also, Trevor Reed gone, who was an intriguing uh, athletic specimen at offensive tackle. Kind of disappointing that, need, mm-hmm. I mean, especially Reed. I mean, Okorafor was always a long shot, but Reed seemed like a guy who might be able to at least be on the practice squad, but apparently not. Um, should note quickly that Devin Allen was activated from the non-football yep. injury list, still limited, so he doesn't doing team drills, but um, he'll really need to – he's behind the eight ball. He really needs to shine in the preseason to, to have any kind of chance. Um, a couple, I guess I have three quick things. Number one, I thought this was a good day for Quez Watkins yet again. He had a catch down the right sideline crossing the field with Maddox trailing. That's Hertz hit. That was one of Hertz better throws of the day. I thought hit Quez Watkins that time. Um, also, he was kind of open against Reed Blankenship on the play that Reed picked off like, a better throw there. He probably catches that anyway. Uh, Watkins also during seven on seven. I don't know if you saw this, had a nice, another deep catch uh, that was like slightly underthrown by Mariota down the left sideline. And Watkins made the contested catch as he mm-hmm. is able to do against Josh Job. And I think just as a general statement, it's been an encouraging camp for Quez. Again, 
I think he's had good camps in the past, so I still need to see it in game action. But certainly you want to see him have a, a good camp as opposed to an unimpressive camp or a bad camp. Um, that's one of three. Number two of three is Joseph Ngata continues to make a lot of catches. I don't, I think he's especially effective on slants, which adds credence to my poor man's AJ Brown comparison once upon a time. And I really liked a rep from him today where, you know, short throw, it was a slant, but, you know, Keely Ringo was right on him and tried to rip out the ball right away. And I thought Ngata showed like strong hands to hold onto the ball and not get stripped at all or not have it be incomplete. So he also kind of got like bumped as he was making the catch. And, you know, there's some receivers. This actually, I think, was a big knock on Jordan Matthews back in the day where, like, you know, even if like a defender is near them, if the, they're about to make a catch, like they don't make it. Like there's receivers like that. They can't make catches when a defender is like even close to them. They're just not able to handle the contact or whatever. Or they hear the footsteps, whatever. I mean, people would say that, I guess, Todd Pinkston. Um, and God is not like that. He can make catches in traffic. I think that's really uh, a big part of his game. And then the last thing I have for you, Jimmy, really bizarre to me. There was a fan after practice wearing a number 98 jersey. And this guy was standing near Connor Barwin at the time. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's like a relative of Connor Barwin's. No. It's a Robert Quinn jersey. <laughs> what is going on here? Robert Quinn played nine games for the Eagles after being acquired in a wow. trade deadline deal. And he had zero tackles. Sorry. He had zero. It's complete non factor for the zero Eagles. Zero sacks. Last year. And four tackles total in nine games. Like, what the? Why does this person have a? <laughs> I, I I don't think they were related. I don't think they were related to Robert Quinn. That was not my impression. And even if they were, I don't understand why they'd be at practice. That was I don't understand. I, Maybe his last name was Quinn, and he just likes the number ninety-eight. I mean, that's <laughs> the best possible explanation that would be acceptable. I don't understand that otherwise that is bizarre to me. i think that that was interview worthy i think you should have asked him about i was that. perplexed i was just so confused <laughs> i didn't i was so confused that is a very obscure jersey to own <laughs> I, I like why, at what point did you think that was a good decision to get he never looked yeah. he was never good you it wasn't like he even looked good with the bears last season before you trade like he was bad and then they traded for him and then he was still bad and you knew he was only going to be here for like this like he was clearly a rental kind of player I don't know. Very, very, yeah, very, that's very weird. Sorry. That's very funny. Do you have anything on? Actually, what, one more quick note uh, on, on or thing to add on on your Quez Watkins. Yeah, did you note, have anything on Quez or Ingata? Yeah, I think I'm pretty close to awarding the slot re- the starting slot receiver job to Quez. Alameda yeah. really hasn't done anything. He could play today, and in maybe seven it's on not seven. his fault. What's that? Alameda had a good catch today in seven on seven, like a deep catch uh, from Hertz, but. I'll say this: Quez has done way more yes. than Alameda, and it's maybe not Alameda's fault because he's playing with Marcus Mariota, and Quez gets to play with Hertz. But you know, if you were if you were to combine those two guys, and or if you were to you know compare those two guys, rather, Quez has done way way more throughout camp than, than Zacchaeus has. What do you think they do with Ingata? Like, I can't. I think it's really tough to figure out what they're going to do with him. Are they going to have? I think him? they. I think he makes the team. I mean, we're we're pretty far away. But I, like, if if they had to come up with a fifty three right now, I think he'd be on. Mm. He's got to show something during the preseason games. If he shows nothing during the preseason games, then nobody's going to claim Agreed. him off waiver. So you you cut him and then you bring him back. But I think if he shows something during the preseason games, then he's going to have to make the roster. I think 
that's how I would put it as well. I think the preseason games are huge for him, especially, and I think he can basically force the Eagles to keep him. Like, you know, if he's if he's balling out in the preseason, then other teams are obviously going to notice that, and they're not going to be able to sneak him past the the waiver claim. So I think it's kind of it's in his hands. If he shows up, and well, it's also the, depends on the quarterbacks he works with yeah. and if they can actually get <laughs> on the ball. But I think yeah. that being said, he's kind of made the most of the quarterback situations he's had to work with thus far in camp. Yeah, he's had, you know, Marcus Mariota and Ian Book and Tanner McKee throwing him passes. Would really like to see, it's, you know, I don't think it's likely, but would really like to see him get some first team reps, especially if they give like A.J. Brown a day off or something or Devontae right. off a day here. Like throw him out the first team a little bit. Let's see if uh, he can do anything with them. I'd like to would like to see that. Okay. Uh, anything else, Jimmy? No, I think that's it. Okay, but we'll take a we will take a break here, but not before. Quickly, I tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to righteousfelon dot com and use discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order. Highest quality meat snacks that you could possibly have in your life. They're really good. Uh, I get them sometimes, um, all, all the time. Um, I know a lot of people who get them, and not just once, but like repeat customers. It is a great way to help support the podcast. Um, the Eagles get them themselves. Come on. They also have like bundles that they do, so you can get all the flavors if you want to try them all, which you should because they have a lot of different kinds, and they're all very good, and maybe some are more uh, a style that you would prefer over others. They also have, in addition to the jerky, the biltong, which I'm a big fan of. They also have the meat snakes, meat sticks. Um, a ton of, I'm looking at like the website here and they have like, let's say for example, a $70 whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle, usually valued at $93 and 20 cents. They have that at, at 69, nice 99. And then, cause it's on sale right now. In addition to that, you might be able to use, I'm looking here, the discount code as well, BGN 20 for 20% off. So you're getting like a really good value here. Um, five star rating out of 1,586 reviews uh, on the site there. So definitely check it out at rightsofselling.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% your order off your order. Jimmy. Back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to Wrong Crowd, Beer Company, and Righteous Felon, is also brought to you by Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com, which is how I refer to her in any context, even if we are not doing the podcast. The other same. The other night. Yeah, you see. <laughs> the other night when Jimmy was um mentioning that he was texting her, I was like, Oh, Kristen, he said, Kristen, I was like, oh, do you mean Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com? And he said, yes. Uh, Jimmy, if I'm looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, what phone number do I need to contact? 856-906-9295. And it is the official Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com awards that we are going to go over for day eight of training camp. Jimmy, who was your MVP? Yeah, my MVP and my play of the day are the same. It's Reed Blankenship and his diving interception. Um, so, yeah, I already talked about that at length. 
Uh, I was between Reed or Quez. You know what? Screw it. I'll give it to Reed. I think he deserves a double day. He's been good because, okay. like, I don't, I don't think necessarily there's a double day for him, but it's a, it's a mixture of he was good today and he's cumulatively had a good training camp, and he's been the first team safety every day, and that wasn't like a fait accompli for a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought that uh, he would not end up as a starter, but he clearly is going to be one. So, all due credit to Reed Blankenship who might be actually the first double MVP of training camp. So whoops, mm-hmm. but uh, he deserves it. Okay. Who is your LVP? Yeah. You know what? I'm trying to think about LVP and I really don't have much. To I go have on one. Here. To, I can name one to give you more time to think. I have yeah, to give ahead. it to Nicobe Dean. I mean, it's not like his fault. He got hurt. Okay. But he's missed half of training camp now to this point in terms of team drills. <laughs> it's been four practices that he missed. Well, so he, three. he, he, he did, Oh, I guess he got hurt in the one. So he didn't, he basically, he basically didn't play at yeah, all. That he one, he didn't do any team drills in that practice. So he's missed the, I think the correct way to phrase That's it. That's fair. He's missed four days out of eight days of training camp in terms of team drills. Now, Nicobe was doing some work on a side field today and it's, the Eagles seem to be optimistic. He'll be back soon. And that's all good. But, in the meantime, I think he's missing valuable practice time. And I don't think that the Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham signings are a direct indictment on him. But they're here now, and they're competing for playing time. So that's not really like a, like a great – that doesn't help him. That only hurts him, potentially, if he falters. Um, and, again, I don't think he looked great before the injury. So – and also, yeah, to your point, it wasn't like there was someone who obviously stunk so bad that I think you have to give it to them. So I'm kind of getting a little bit creative here. But, you know, the missed time is big. I mean, I'm not saying he's Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones missed a lot more time. But a big reason why Sidney Jones couldn't develop is because he couldn't stay on the field. So right. uh, N'Kobe needs to get back. I'm not saying they need to rush him back, but he needs to get healthy and he needs to be taking these reps uh, at some point, And hopefully that is, you know, sooner than later. And uh, he's going to be my LVP for today. What about you? I'm going to go Derek Barnett. Okay. He hasn't done anything. He's getting first team reps. Why? Why is he getting first team reps? He hasn't done anything. That's a great point. Give him to somebody that's done something. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he, like, (laughs) you said it. I mean, he's gone up against Milana multiple times. It's not even a battle. Like, Milana's just, and Milana's obviously, I think, a good player, but he's not so good that. I think that like someone should have zero chance against him every single rep. And it's not that right. Derek Barnett's just losing and it's like kind of a stalemate. It's like he's just like getting shoved into the ground. Like it's not even – I wouldn't <laughs> even say it's a competitive rep a lot of the times. So yeah. I think that's totally fair. And also just from a cumulative standpoint, like you said, he just hasn't done anything. It wasn't a disaster today, but uh, he deserves an LVP point. Both of us have the same play. That- yeah, it's hard to be a disaster as a defensive lineman. Like we don't often talk like about defensive linemen playing poorly. It's just – if they're not, yes, we talk about them playing poorly during the, in, in the context of the regular season when they're just not producing anything, and he yes. hasn't done anything in camp so far. What's and that? Somebody's at my door. Wind chimes. Somebody, yeah, no, it's my ring doorbell. Oh wow. The um, um, the exception to that I would say is like when you're Jason Babin and you're just like getting yeah, destroyed right. in the run game <laughs> and you're just getting like totally or yes. just not even trying to defend. Don't the run. care about the run. Yeah, just line up. Not not even a wide nine, like like a wide seventeen, <laughs> and <laughs> and just just hauling ass after the quarterback, no matter what the the the, offen- the, the offensive play call is. What podcast was he on? Was it Derek Gunn? 
Or no, it was Jeff McLean. McLean had McLean that. did it during his narrative. Did you listen thing. to that? Yeah, I didn't listen to that. Oh, you no, should listen I, to that. I, I think I wonder. Yeah. I'm curious to get your take on that. I think. Um, okay. I don't know. If that, I listened to a few of those episodes. They're good, yes. but I, I haven't listened to that one. I don't know that you're going to find them more likable. That seems pretty tough for me to believe. But I think <laughs> I, I wonder if it'll inform your decision making anymore. I have that, that downloaded, and I have, but I haven't listened to it yet. And the other one I've downloaded that I haven't listened to yet is uh, Sconces. Mm, uh, Carrie oh, Williams, Williams, of course. Also, another. Yeah. I think that was that was a good, very good episode as well. Carrie's background is, um, I think, something people probably you know don't have familiarity with and didn't know. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like that one as well. Um, all right, I'm looking through my notes here to see if I missed anything. Don't think we really did. As you mentioned, shorter practice. It was a yellow day. Big Dom said an hour fifteen minutes. It was the first of three Eagles practices leading up to the team's first preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. That's in Maryland on Saturday. So we will be back with you all for our second of three practice recaps this week tomorrow as we're recording this on tuesday for wednesday's episode uh any final thoughts jimmy i'm gonna go uh back to carrie williams for my final thought um tim mcmanus just had a way with carrie williams where <laughs> i hope tim is okay with me saying this but tim mcmanus just had a way of getting carrie williams to to kind of like the cheese if you will yeah pop off <laughs> during like interview sessions and uh, he would, you know, kind of ask a question like about, you know, maybe like a, like like chip about chip or like his usage in the defense or whatever it may be. Like, and he'd ask it like you know one way, and Carrie Williams would kind of give like um, you know a, a, a typical like player, not really good answer, the PR coach answer. answer. And Tim would, you know, kind of tweak the the question a little bit differently and ask it like a second time. Uh, but maybe like a little bit, but also like maybe poking the bear a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And then like, if necessary, he'd like come in like on, on a, on a attempt number three. And finally, like he'd get Carrie Williams to give like these amazing quotes mm-hmm. all the time. It was, it was like a, it was like a thing of beauty to watch from, from a fellow journalist perspective, just watching <laughs> Tim McManus work, uh, work with Carrie Williams. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Williams is awesome too, because, uh, there'd be times where like, all right, well, uh, one more question for Carrie. And then Carrie would be like, no, 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 I'm good. And like, I want to keep talking. <laughs> and he would just keep, he would just keep, you know, keep going on and on and on about whatever was grinding his gears on that particular week. And uh, I loved him as a, uh, as an interview subject. Uh, Miss Carrie Williams. And of course, you know, the legendary interview that he had when he was talking about how he was, instead of uh, attending voluntary OTAs, he was picking out sconces. For his uh, mm-hmm. for the house that he had just bought, which uh, uh, I think that uh, Jeff actually talked to him about yes, the sconces, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested in uh, in listening to that. But yeah, he he was a fun player to to interview, and and definitely. Uh, I mean, he was only here what two years, or was it even two one? Years. It was yeah, okay. uh, thirteen and fourteen. And he had an impact uh, in those two years, just in terms of his memorability, and just in terms of being memorable or whatever. Uh, you know, wasn't the best player, but no. certainly a memorable one. And, you know, we talk about him to this day. Still, certainly obviously. an interesting guy. Also, I think, I guess the moment I remember with him the most is when he, speaking of his honesty, he was honest about when they lost to the Vikings in 2013. They had that bad loss in Minnesota to like a really yeah. injured and bad Vikings team. And he was like, we needed that. That was a wake up call. Like, you know, we were getting too high on ourselves. Like we, that was very humbling and we needed that. And it was true. They played pretty well after that. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. That stands out to me about Kerry. 
Uh, my final thought is if you haven't already, check out the NFC East mixtape, which I'll actually be recording with RJ Ochoa very shortly after we wrap this episode of BGN Radio here. That is available on all four NFC East podcast feeds. That is, you know, Bleeding Green Nation, Bogging the Boys, Hogshaven, Big Blue View. But obviously, listen to it here on Bleeding Green Nation. Also, you can watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. So subscribe to that so you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed in general so you don't miss an episode because we have a ton coming out here, obviously. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all that. Make sure you support our sponsors, especially if you want to help support the podcast, which is free. We don't ask for your money. We do ask that if you would like to, you support our sponsors, and therefore you get a, a benefit in return by actually either getting a, a house uh, or selling a house <laughs> or getting some high-quality meat snacks or dog treats. If you go to wildrangerpet.com and use that same discount code, BTN20, or uh, some great beer, especially and only if you are 21 years of age or older. So check all those out, wrongcrowdbeer.com, rightstellin.com, discount code BGN20, 20% off, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And we will be back with you here on Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.